podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And it is time to travel to Stillwater, Oklahoma, or as I like to call it, Lil Lubbock, and, and to play the seventh-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, and to preview that game with me is the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? Let's get this Dust Bowl started. One of the best unspoken unrecognized rivalries in college football. I think it's time just to really lean into it. Series is tied up. This is a, this is a paramount game in the rivalry and not enough people are talking about it. <laughs> so this is a weird rivalry in that like we don't like each other, but we don't really hate each other. Like so the thing about it is for tech, like we obviously we loathe Texas. Um we all I still loathe AM and I will never not hit AM. I, I, I can't do it. It's not in me. They're always going to be the school I hate the most. Uh, but some of the newer people don't have that hate for AM as some of us, us old folk do. Um, TCU has a lot of hate. I, I dislike TCU quite, quite a bit of myself. Baylor has a lot of hate because we actually, uh, once Texas leaves, we'll, we'll have played Baylor more than any other program in the country. Um, so Oklahoma State is kind of fifth. And that asked, oh, Oklahoma, I hate Oklahoma more than Oklahoma State. So, like, sixth on the, on the hate tree for Tech fans. I feel like for Oklahoma State, they probably feel the same way about Tech. And it's one of those things, rivalries, where I feel like we dislike each other because we're supposed to. Like, Stillwater's the closest university to us outside of TCU. We're the closest to university to Oklahoma State outside of Oklahoma. Like, we just dislike each other because we probably should. But, well, but the there's not really fiasco, a lot of picture. Well, the fast the fiasco of Xerox U, you know, all of the, the similarities, I think that kind of irks you if you're a tech fan. Like, hey, Pistol Pete, why did you take a really beloved characterization of a Western hero and then make him real? Like, nobody wants to see that mascot. That's disgusting. The, the realist had the but real. At the same time, that's more. No. But is that more annoying? Hate or annoyance? I no, feel like annoying. both schools are annoyed by each other. Yeah. That's, that's what yes. I'm saying. The, the similarities is brushed. We're constantly, we're like a chafe. I'm just constantly chafed by Oklahoma State fans because of the similarity that they refuse to acknowledge. And the, it just, it's just, it's, it's chafing. Yes. <laughs> so this is the Jurgens, the Jurgens Chafed Bowl is what you're saying. This is, this, this podcast is sponsored by, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, or, uh, Arm and Hammer or what is it? Gold standard, whatever it is, powder. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, Arm and Hammer Powder Chafe Bowl. Uh, so I mean, it's been it's also been has been fun this week. We're trying to figure out what the name for this new rivalry because I do think it'll be a bigger rivalry once in the new Big Twelve. Um, it just makes a lot of sense. Oklahoma, we become kind of the quote unquote flagship school for Big Twelve football in Texas. Oklahoma State will be the flagship school for Big Twelve football in Oklahoma, and um, it just makes it makes a lot of sense. You know, I saw the South Plains Showdown as one, even though I don't 
Noah Stillwater's technically in the South Plains. Um, the Dust Bowl, you said it earlier, Jeremy. Um, as far as the, the Dust Bowl, the Dust Bowl is a, is a great name as well. Like I, you know, it's it's a lot of uh, we, we got to put a name to this, right? The great thing about the Baylor Bowl rivalry right now is the Butt Bowl. Butt we call bowl. it the Butt Bowl, and Can't it's, it's here to stay. Cannot so we that. need a we need a great name. Well, another thing is we that we have a really cool trophy already, right? Because we got the pistols. It's awesome. Both our mascots use That's pistols, right. and then you get pistols if you win the game. It's it's one of the coolest rivalries. And it's one of the coolest things in college football, and we just aren't giving it its due. And so I'm hoping that get get those two unranked crappy teams out of here. Um, get them off to the SEC, and then we can focus on the rivalries that really matter. And we don't have to be, you know, shove the Red River rivalry down my throat every year. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm watching it, but, you know. <laughs> the winner of this game gets to say guns up. Is that what we <laughs> – that Well, be. well it, <laughs> Cowboys fans would say it's pistols firing. No, they don't say – I thought they said guns up. They don't say guns up? Nope, 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 nope. Pistols oh, okay. firing. They say pistols firing. Something like that. Yeah. Well, they do. So, they, so the Spirit Rider is based on a Mask Rider. Um, they we say Raider Power. They say Orange Power, which is the stupidest Stupid. thing I think I've heard Stupid. in a while. What are they talking about? Orange um, juice? Come on. Oh yeah, that's it's, it's a vitamin it's really, C commercial. It's really uh, it's it's something, ain't it? Uh, yeah, it's just annoyance. I'm just more annoyed by them. I hate, but I, I am a big proponent. The chafe and, and, and I'm Shout out to Phil right Slavin. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, shout out to Philip Slavin, uh, an Oklahoma State fan and and um, leader of the flagship podcast, the 1012 podcast. He, uh, uh, we and him agreed that this would be a great rivalry if Texas Tech and Oklahoma State really took it a step further. Um, this could be the beginning of it. Like you said, Jeremy, the, the series is tied right now. Winner of this game has bragging rights. And it's actually before the series, in the offseason, if you listen to our, bowl, our season preview for Oklahoma State, Phillip was actually under the impression that Tech would win this game solely because Oklahoma State is not meant to take a lead in the series. Every time every time Oklahoma State uh, has had the opportunity to take the official lead in the series, Tech has magnificently won. And Oklahoma State's never led the series, ever. And so if they win today, this this year, that would be the first lead in the series in the history. And Phillips of the belief that because of that is why they would lose. And that would be so great. That'd be glorious uh, for Tech to be able to win that game in Stillwater. I think last time the odds were this stacked against Tech in Stillwater, Tech did win in Stillwater. So um, that was the, that was quite a quite a game. Kingsbury's last hurrah. In the in the tech forty one seventeen yeah stupid win yeah yeah a stupid win is exactly correct so let's talk about the twenty twenty two matchup here Texas Tech versus seventh ranked Oklahoma State what's the first thing that stands out to you Jeremy uh, Spencer Sanders is not the same Spencer Sanders that we are used to uh, he's good I think it's the weird. past the past couple of years it's, we've done the preview and it's been I just don't trust Spencer Sanders that guy is trash and you know what year in and year out. He is trash. <laughs> this year, no. I think he's uh, definitely listened to the pod, got a little offended, and uh, you know took it to heart. And then practiced a lot over the summer. Yeah, he looks he looks completely different, a lot more composed. Uh, and maybe he just has a better offensive line around him, but certainly looks looks the senior type. Stands tall in the pocket and makes good reads and passes. And that's that's like that's scary because the thing that you had going for you in this rivalry against Oklahoma State was that their quarterback was not good. But now their quarterback is good, um, so that's kind of the, that is the thing that sticks out to me about this team. Yeah, no, it's so I was going to say the same thing. Cause it's weird. Spencer Sanders is good this year. Uh, beginning of the year, if you remember, he was the preseason 
Big 12 first team quarterback. And the when he's seeing Spencer Sanders' name, everybody was like, man, our quarterback's that down bad in the Big 12 this year? And it was mostly because of the unknown of all the rest of the quarterbacks. But I don't think anybody in the conference actually thought Spencer Sanders was the best quarterback in the conference. But so far, he has been the best quarterback in the conference. He's been very good. 11 touchdowns, two interceptions on the year. He's been efficient. Really reducing the mistakes. Last year, he had 12 picks overall last year. Last year, he was the reason um, that Oklahoma State did not win the Big 12 championship and, and go to the college football playoff, despite one of the best defenses I've seen in Big 12 history. Uh, and and this year, I think I think he saw that and said, I can't be the guy. I can't be the reason anymore. If we are not going to make the, win the Big 12, it's not going to be because of me. Um, and I felt, I think I really think he took a lot of the problems he had last year to heart and said, I, I know what the problem is. We're losing Malcolm Rodriguez. We're losing everybody on defense. So I got to step up my game to account for those, those deficiencies. And it's working. Oklahoma State looks dastardly good. Yeah, I mean, his previous seasons, he's, you know, 2019, 2,000 yards, 2020, 2,000 yards, 2021, 2,800 yards, right? So that's pretty good. Uh, but in 22, like he's already at 1,100 yards and we're only, you know, five games into this thing. Uh, and he, he is just seems to get better every week. He's playing um, quality opponents now. I wouldn't say that Oklahoma State, and here's the thing is that I wouldn't say that Oklahoma State, and this is what this is where my hesitation comes in. Is I don't I would not say that Oklahoma State has had the craziest, craziest schedule, right? You play Central Michigan, and the game is actually close, 58-44. I was shocked by that one. Um, Arizona State just fired Herm Edwards because they're not that good. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, you, you wax them 63-7, to but I'm not going to be impressed by that because you should. It's the most recent game, right, where they're in Waco, and they're playing Baylor, and they win 36-25. That made me kind of go, well, you know. There may be something behind this, but it, for me, it's the, you know, the immediacy, this like immediate eye test is great. You've done this for me lately, but I'm still concerned about those first three games. Like you had a lot of errors in those first three games. Do they rear their head? Do they rear their head again? Not, not Spencer Sanders, but like this defense, especially they played great against Baylor. Two late game interceptions were important. Um, but I just like, you know, I'm not ready to get on that. Now, if they wax us, obviously they're going to win the Big 12 because that's how the rules are. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I just – I still have my questions for sure. So I'll say this. The first game against Central Michigan, definitely. I, I was, I'm with you there. I will say the first game against Central Michigan, Spencer Sanders kind of was like, I'm here. I'm him. I, I got you. Putting up 58 points against that Central Michigan team. Um, and the defense struggled. I mean, the defense definitely struggled. A lot of new pieces there. And it took them a while. But I will say since that first game, defensively, a lot has been improved. Now, I guess the argument there is, is that, well, Arizona State's not a good football team. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff is an FCS team and not a good one at that. Um, and so you didn't really get to go up against a good offense until last week against Baylor. Um, but, I, you know, that defense against Baylor – played mighty impressively. If, if you had any reservations about the defense dating back to Central Michigan, I think a lot of those questions were answered in the Baylor game. And the offense has really been humming just in totality, totality all season. right? It hasn't been a problem with the offense in general, and that's not just um, – not just Spencer Sanders, but the weapons that he has around him, right? Uh, um, Spencer Sanders has been able to use his his – arm and his legs, but Dominic Richardson, their running back. I mean, I said Oklahoma State's running game has been good for as long as Mike Gundy's been there, and this is no exception. Uh, 
right? Like he is uh, uh, Dominic Richardson is is going to come up and, and he, there's a good chance he might even get an All Big Twelve honors, whether maybe even an honorable mention just because of how great the Big Twelve running backs are this year. But he's had an absolutely incredible season himself. Uh, not to mention some of the receivers that they have over there that's just doing an incredible job. Some of the weapons that Spencer Sanders has, like like a Braden Johnson, like a, a Bryson Green. I, I Philip that was a good, that was a name that Philip told us to watch out for, and he we we hear and we we see him. He's doing a really good job. So um, not to mention probably the most dangerous player they have there out the wide, Brandon Presley. Um, so, I, you know, this offense is humming. The O-line, bunch of burly big guys that have been done a great job of keeping Spencer Sanders upright because of what, what in his previous years he had a lot of happy feet. He was constantly didn't know whether to pass or run. He never really shown in the pocket a lot this year. So offensively, I have no qualms. I get what you're saying as far as defensively and some of the questions there, but I think the last few weeks they've kind of answered those questions too. This is a very dangerous team. It, it certainly is. Uh, and again, I, I just like, you know, it's the first three weeks of the season. You're getting a lot of kinks out. It's, you know, you're coming fresh off of uh, off season and everything like that. And, um, you know, the Baylor game is certainly telling. Like the Baylor game, I think if you're an Oklahoma, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, the Baylor game is like, oh, this is who, we, who we've always been and who we're going to be for the rest of the season. Um, I'm trying to approach it with like this optimistic cynicism <laughs> that maybe they're not that good, right? <laughs> um, but they do handle Baylor pretty well. I mean, you keep you keep Baylor from getting a touchdown until the until the second half. Um, the defense markedly improved, like you said, since that first game. Uh, and then, but you then you allow 22 points in the third quarter, and then they regress. It was like. Baylor woke up for a quarter and then they went back to sleep. It was like the bear was out of hibernation, right back into hibernation. Um, whereas Oklahoma State just had consistency, right? Touchdown on the first, touchdown on the second with, you know, um, the got that safety, I think, and then, you know, uh, touched uh, 17 points in the third and then three, the the, the field goal in the end, uh, just to kind of ice, a little bit ice on the, or salt on the wound for Baylor there. But I think it's the consistency, right? So Baylor shows a lot of, in, in this game especially, defensively for Oklahoma State, made Baylor not look themselves. And you were picking Baylor to win the Big 12 early on. And so for them to do that to this kind of team, that, that makes you go, okay, wow. Um, you know, is it an off game for Baylor? Or is Oklahoma State, are they really them dudes? And so for me, you know, I don't know. It's just it's this week. Uh, you know, this week maybe. Um, but if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you're pretty excited because next week they have TCU. And TCU just went out and rickrolled your in-state rival um, in Fort Worth. And so Ooh, are you are you saying they're looking ahead? I'm hoping. Is that what you're saying, Jeremy? <laughs> I'm they're saying looking ahead. For all the Oklahoma State football <laughs> players out there, listen, you don't you don't care about Texas Tech. We're not gonna do anything, man. We got a backup quarterback, first year head coach. Man, you gotta be worried about TCU. You saw what they did at Oklahoma. You don't want to be like Oklahoma. Here's your chance to get ahead of Big Brother. You know what? Just look past this, man. Actually, you know, don't even bring us out some PB and J sandwiches yeah. at halftime. <laughs> yeah, don't even don't even watch film. Don't even. Yeah, don't even. We don't we don't do anything us. special. We throw screens. <laughs> sure. That's right. So I do want to talk a little bit more about that Oklahoma State Baylor game because it was so there was a, a, a kind of a flash on the scene. This is what we do, and this was in Waco, right now. I know that Waco is not the most intimidating place, but they have a crowd. They have a bit of a crowd, and it's all the road, right? So it was an impressive game. Um, at one point, it was 23-3. to Oklahoma State had this game in hand for really the majority of the game until that third quarter hiccup that you were you were talking about where Baylor really put it on them. And listen, they, they had uh, in that, in that um, third quarter – 
They had three scores and could have had four. Um, but let me tell you something that Dave Aranda did in the third quarter. Uh, and you can tell, really, it's funny, this decision that Dave Aranda made, which tells you uh, maybe where Joe McGuire got this into inclination for. Because Dave Aranda was on his own 33 and went for it on fourth and two and didn't get it. <laughs> Leading to more points from Oklahoma State, <laughs> so so I, this is not the, this is not the team that I think they should that McGuire should try to do that on because Aranda did it didn't work out, um, but they weathered the storm. They, I mean Baylor definitely stormed back. They were down twenty points, stormed back ahead. But not only did they weather the storm, the offense put up points themselves. The offense still scored three times in the third quarter themselves, uh, putting up seventeen points also, and then ending the game there in the fourth and, and holding it down. Like this is. Man, this is just a good, a, a very good uh, uh, offense and defense. Like you said, those two late ter- late interceptions on Blake Shapen, who's not too shabby himself. Baylor was my pick to win the Big 12 at the beginning of the year. Um, now there are two losses in. One was to BYU on the road. And now this home loss to Oklahoma State. But I, I just think that this game last week was Oklahoma State showing, hey, we've arrived. And we are as good as y'all thought we were supposed to be last year. We're just that good again. for you know, And, and our D coordinator is gone, but we're still here. Definitely an impressive Yeah, it's team. an interesting, you know, when you think about, like, the, when you kind of psychoanalyze that game, you think that it, for a tech fan, it should be easy to identify, right? You're, you're kind of struggling, you're down at the half, and you're like, I, you got to make something happen, and you have a team bounce back. Like, we've seen that happen. We've seen the resiliency of McGuire's team, which you're right, I think that definitely comes from uh, the kind of Baylor tree that is spawning over there. Now, I can't imagine what's in the water, but... Um, Right, so you have a you have a Baylor team that starts battling back, but in battling back, they take risks. They do ridiculous fourth down calls on their own side of the fifty, which yeah, I don't agree with. I heard you on the recap. I don't agree with them either. Um, and so you get into these situations where you're giving the other team free points, and you're just digging your hole deeper. Right, that's something that I think if you're prepping for this game, if you're McGuire and company, you're looking at this like, okay, like we maybe we should have some kind of set. Like hey, if we're not ex- if we're not at this if we're not past the fifty, we do- or right on the fifty, we don't go for it on fourth. Like you gotta have some kind of standard there because if you just oh it's a gut feeling, you know gut feelings aren't gonna make it against you know teams like Oklahoma State that are gonna punish you for that, and that's what gets you into the deeper hole. And then what? And then you're reeling, and then you're trying to draw up aggressive and risky plays, and then you throw two interceptions late in the game. Uh, that guess what gets you know gives Oklahoma State more points and puts them even further ahead. So it, it's like this, you know, in a really weird way uh the baylor game should be a blueprint on what not to i mean obviously but a blueprint right for joey mcguire like handing you hey aranda's like hey kid hands mcguire don't do this don't do what i know that you're gonna do um because i kid you not like if i see him if i we're probably gonna be down at the half and if i see mcguire start pulling out these stunts i'm like you know what that's the game that's gonna be the game yeah. Um, well, I mean, I will say that at the very least, you know, Aranda and McGuire, I think they're still boys. He could probably probably hit up. Hey, boy. Hey, Davey. Hey, Davey. Can you uh, <laughs> give me some more tips on things not to not to do? And and Davey Aranda said, don't lose. That's the first thing I would. <laughs> Just <laughs> I would win, baby. Just try not to lose. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, Splink talking about the Oklahoma State defense. Some of the guys to, to watch out for on that defensive side. Um, their linebacker Mason Cobb Jr. leads. Uh, Mason Cobb uh, leads the team in tackles. Very good linebacker. Um, also, probably the leader on their defense is Jason Taylor, who will be a Sunday player. Really good safety for Oklahoma State. But I got one name for you, Jeremy. It may sound familiar to you. I don't want to hear it. Xavier Benson. Ah. 
<laughs> Xavier Benson, former Red Raider, on the team. Um, had a couple good seasons for Tech. Ended up tech kind of taking that year off, and it's now kind of reemerged. He went down to the JUCO level, now it's kind of reemerged there for Oklahoma State. There was a lot of unknowns of how good and how much he'd play this year. Well, he's played a lot, and he's been really good. Uh, uh, second on the team in tackles, really a bit of force at that one spot, and it's going to be a guy that's definitely going to be hyped up for this game to go up against his former his former team and see what he can do and, and get in those rushing lanes. Yeah, man, what is it with us sending players off uh, to to opposing teams? I mean, Houston was the pipeline. What is it going to be? Oklahoma State now? Ridiculous. Uh, nothing but love for Xavier Benson, man. I think that he gave a lot of effort here at Tech, and who knows all the reasons that you know he decided to kind of back off on that. And but he but unfortunately, you know, ends up at Oklahoma State, and he's doing good, which is even worse. Like it's not like to John Henry or anything like that where uh, you went to Houston, but eh, it's oh no, you're <laughs> you're as good as you were, and <laughs> you're on a really good team now. It's 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 it, we're gonna hear his name a couple of times for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I don't think there should be any ill will towards Xavier Benson. It sounds like he kind of has rediscovered his love for football and he's, he's thriving over in Stillwater. So that's fantastic. Um, you know, and, and but he's he's a really good player for them. Uh, actually, I said second in tackles, third in tackles on the team, but either way, it doesn't matter. He's absolutely killing it for them. Um, and so he so he's a really good player for them. That defense is, I, like I said, I think it gets better week in, week out. Uh, Derek Mason, the defensive coordinator, has, has really got that defense. I think looking good now, and and they they're gonna be and they're gonna be scary as the year goes on. I, I, I beginning of the year, I picked Baylor to win the Big Twelve. Um, let's just say I completely just swapped those two teams out, right? Like I still I still am gonna keep my K State pick, my K State pick in the Big Twelve championship game, uh, but instead of it being Baylor K State, I think it's gonna be Oklahoma State K State. Like Oklahoma State is a very good, very good, tough team, and the biggest question was is how good is Spencer Sanders gonna be? Well. Damn it, he's very good, and that's a that should be that should be scary for for all of us as we go. So we've been talking a lot about Oklahoma State, Jeremy. Um, but what about Tech? What about the Red Raiders? What are things that we can do in this game? What advantages do we have uh, to be able to kind of have the upper hand over the Cowboys? Um, here's here's kind of an interesting. Uh, you know, you wanna I wanna just really lean into the defensive. Um, I really want to lean into the rush defense, right? And I think that you still have a really good, you know, rush defense. Last week, uh, again, this is an interesting, you know, last week, Kansas State showed you how difficult it is to defend a team with a good running quarterback. And Spencer Sanders has become, and he's no, he is no Adrian Martinez, but he's become a better running quarterback, Right, he's he's figured out when to pass, when to run, and so that's a very dangerous comment. Like it's a very dangerous understanding to get to, and so you know they've got Spencer Sanders is the second rusher on this team right now. He's behind, um, <coughs> he's behind Richardson, and so if Richardson gets it going, that opens up the room for Sanders to you know if they do like oh I'm going to do an option, then Sanders can pick up 15. So I think, I think the rush like I think our rush defense is adequate enough to lock that down, especially since we're not playing somebody like Adrian Martinez. So I like our first like our first two levels of our defense should force Sanders to throw more. And maybe we can get enough like the thing that we've done that not a lot of teams have done on Sanders um, that we can do, excuse me, is uh, apply pressure. 
right? We saw with Devin Leary, I'm not getting pressured a lot because I'm Devin Leary. I got a good offensive line. Well, you know what? We got Tyree Wilson, right? And we've got the law firm, Bradley and Hutchins. You know, we've got Philip Bleedy. We've got a lot of good pressure and a lot of good pressure packages on those front two, like those front two levels of the defense that uh, I expect Sanders to get a lot more pressure than he's used to or to be a lot pressured a lot more than he's used to. And so I'm hopeful um, that in that there can be some mistakes, right? That doesn't mean that he's not ready for it. Um, I just don't think that he's going to expect, I'm hopeful that he's not going to expect um, that kind of pressure in the same way that, you know, Adrian Martinez wasn't ready for the pressure when it came on him. And so it kind of gave us a little bit of an advantage there. Uh, I just think that a lot of teams have overlooked uh, Texas Tech's rush, uh, you know, pass rush, and that could be to our advantage. That's interesting. I, I will say this. This will likely, and this is nothing – Talking down on Baylor's front seven because I think they have a stud at nose tackle and Siaki Ika. Um, but there's definitely an argument that can be said this is the most talented D-line that Oklahoma State is, is going to play with, like you said, the law firm and Philip Blady and, of course, uh, future top ten pick Tyree Wilson. But um, this Oklahoma State O-line I think is ready for the challenge. Right. And so it's going to be very difficult. We just went and we just had one week where the D line had some big uglies they had to deal with in K State O line, which they're stout. They were able to get Adrian Martinez some time despite the fact that we have these talented D line rushers. It was harder to rush because if you rush, you don't have the right people in the, spying Adrian Martinez. He was able to run out. If you did, um, then you had, you had the blocking ability to be able to do that and then pick apart the, the secondary. And that's what happened in the Adrian Martinez game. And I think Oklahoma and I think Oklahoma State is similar in that effect. And so it's very uh, it's very interesting how this is going to play out. As talented as I think our D line is, Oklahoma State got the boys up there to be able to handle it. And so on the flip side of that, I want to see the aggression from the secondary actually, right? For Spencer Sanders to show you how good of a player he is. Right, he is going to – I do think – now, I agree with you in that it may not be uh, – he may not be able to sit back there and, and, you know, kick his feet up and have a picnic and, and you know, browse the web like he has in some of the other games. But – He's going to have a little bit of time at the very least. So show us. Let's pressure some of the receivers that Oklahoma State has on here. Let's see what Brandon Presley can do. And and let's see what uh, uh, Richardson can do and some of these other guys they have over there for Oklahoma State. And and really press up. Like, like, like let's – Rabbit, let's see if he can get interception. Where, where is this take three defense that we've been looking for? Um, yeah, where is this take three defense that we've been looking for? I think this is the game that maybe we'll be able to show and maybe we can bring back – Bring back Steven Sanders of old. That is the name of the game here. So, um, absolutely. So, Jeremy, usually this is the time where we get into our prize picks predictions. However, this is a Wednesday as we're recording this podcast, and prize picks does not have this game up. I don't know if they – that doesn't mean they're not going to have the game up by this weekend. Um, they have been known to do it a little bit later. I imagine they'd want to get the seventh-ranked team in the nation at the very least. Their their odds and their over/under, so we can you know, um, so we can place our over/under. So I don't have prize picks for you. I'm so sorry for everybody, but we will still give you, uh, you our own predictions here, starting with the offensive player Jeremy that you think that Texas Tech is going to need to step up in order to win this game. Uh, <clears throat> Miles Price, Miles Price, or uh, and or uh, tight end. A tight end. Um, I think that those are two elements of your game, of your offensive game, 
that make the difference when your offensive line isn't really ideal. Uh, Miles Price, number one, because he's shifty and he's small and he can he can find the weakness. He can, he can find open spaces really quickly. And it's hard to defensively scheme against a receiver who can line up wherever the hell he wants and run in any which direction that he wants and like can fit under your linebackers. Uh, and usually is about pretty as, as quick as your defensive backs. Miles Price is the X factor in games like this, I think. Like, he's the guy who can get you small chunk plays um, to keep the momentum going. On the other hand, like, I think that uh, on the opposite end of that of that spectrum, tight ends, man. Like, tight ends need to be, like, they we brought in the tight ends, and we were like, you know what? We're going to be a tight end offense. And we've seen some really good flashes, like from Mason Tharp, from Baylor Cup, right? Uh, not so much from Teeter, but, you know, you have these tight ends who are built like monsters, Right. And if you start getting to, I mean, it's happened to tech for years. If you're getting into a tight jam, just toss it off to the tight end, baby. He's at least going to fall forward for four yards. So, you know, I think that, you know, between price and the tight ends, those are two guys that like two, those are two things that need to be getting a lot more uh, looks uh, this game to make a difference. So, for the people that don't know, Jeremy's currently in grad school to become a future professor. And, I am going. I personally, when Jeremy does become a professor, uh, and you all want to go back to school, you should make sure to take his class because anytime he asks a question, all four of the answers will be correct. <laughs> if he says, because <laughs> only Jeremy, I can ask him for one player, and he gives me four. <laughs> Gives me Miles Price, Henry Teeter, Baylor Cup, and Mason Tharp. So all of his answers are just going to be correct. He's going to be multiple choice, and by multiple choice, he means multiple I'm gonna, answers. All four I'm answers. circle the so whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeremy's class is going to be fantastic. So there's that. Uh, I asked for one, and he gives me four. I am going to give you one person for my offensive player, and give me Sir Roger Thompson. Sir Roger Thompson actually had the last couple games been really good. It's kind of been an X factor. I, I, we had Kansas State fans saying, "Y'all been talking about everybody, but Roger, but that guy right there is not too shabby, right?" So he when when I, you have a, guy, a player that's impressing the opposing fan base, that's that's pretty good. Last last game, Baylor, um, their running back Reese put up eighty five yards and a touchdown in the game. Had a pretty good game himself, Richard Reese, and I think Sir Roger Thompson can replicate that. And, and, and the only difference is, is that for Baylor, he was really the only running back. We still have Todd Brooks there that will also be able to make some things happen. But I do think Sir Roger will have, will at least be able to have garner some efficient effectiveness, especially if Donovan Smith does end up having struggles in this game, similar to how he had last year. I didn't want to bring up last year too much, Jeremy. But let's face it, our offense couldn't get anything going last year. Last year was rough, and not a bad game defensively. But it was a rough. Didn't matter who the quarterback was. Remember, Donovan got Barry Morton came in last year, and also was struggled. So it was a rough, rough sliding. And I, I know one of the things I do know Donovan is going to be, I think, ready for this game because I think he's going to remember last year and say, "I got to prove myself a little bit more here, especially going into the bye week." Um, but uh, but I think Sir Roderick's production will be able to help him out there. So flip to the other side. Who is the defensive player? Player that'll help us win this game. You maybe. stop. Um, <laughs> the whole linebacking crew. Oh, okay. Man, that's a good question. I think that the whole linebacking crew. Stop. Uh, <laughs> who has been sitting out in that will that star position most? Is it Kozai? Uh, I think no, it's Eldridge. stars and muddy. Oh, it's muddy. I'm so foolish. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, not muddy. 
I'm th- I've like some I have some defensive thing in my head and I, I can't really get it out right now. I have been burnt today. Um, look, I think it's I think it's I actually think it's going to be. Yeah, we keep we keep pulling somebody to to spy, and I can't remember who it is. I think it's Eldridge. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer that in because you know I think that w- we move into that spy position. I think it's usually Eldridge that moves into that. He's got a lot of really good lateral ability, and so for me, it's the Eldridge has to be the X factor because if we ever if we and we better and we better freaking spy, uh, we pull out the spy. I mean, you got to be on your A game because like Sanders is gonna make you pay if you're not. And so for me, the X factor has got to be Eldridge. I gotta hear his name more than once. Or better yet, I gotta hear his name in the first and second quarters and then not hear his name the rest of the game because Spencer Sanders is not interested in running anymore, right? That's my hope. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, so last week in the preview, I talked about how I thought in this game, the game against Kansas State, we really need to either be in a zone defense or really have that spy keyed on. Uh, neither happened. And Adrian Martinez went wild. I'm going to suggest the same thing here against Spencer Sanders. Uh, I think I said Steven Sanders earlier. Spencer Sanders. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> to where the zone defense or a spy. And, and I, I agree with you that I'd rather Kosai Eldridge be the one spying Steven, Steven Spencer Spencer's. Sanders. Uh, than, yeah. Then Krishan Merriweather. As, as good and big and bulky Krishan Merriweather is. Ain't the fastest. Um, I think Kosai uh, Eldridge is a little bit better than that. Actually, to be honest, I would rather. I think a guy like Steven San. Lord Jesus. It's I think a guy like back, Spencer man. Sanders, a guy like quarterback Sanders, is is athletic enough to where you actually want to look at a guy like Muddy, maybe even Rabbit, on him, and and really listen. We just need a guy that's fast enough to be able to handle him if he goes outside of the pocket, right? Because what happened with the game last week, the few times that there was somebody on Adrian Martinez, he was able to just run right by him. And, and that was kind of the problem there. Um, and we, we really shouldn't – I think it's having that spy there and available or putting us in a zone. Now, the problem with the zone is if you don't get to the quarterback, pretty easy for the receivers and the quarterback to find the soft spots in zone, right? And so – that's kind of the issue there, but um, it's it's you know this is another battle. It's going to be I, I think this offensively, Tech defense is going to be looking in the mirror again, looking in not in the mirror, but looking at a very similar thing two weeks in a row of oh great another quarterback that's accurate with the with his arm that can run the ball, an O line that's big and bulky that can keep him upright, uh, and it's gonna, it's just going to be another tough battle yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and I said all that without giving you a defensive player. <laughs> I was like you know. <laughs> Well, my defensive player is a zone package or a uh, QB spy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm I'm go ahead and say Rabbit. I'm gonna go ahead and say DeAdrian Taylor Demerson uh, because I th- I do think that maybe he is is the person to potentially either lay that give you that spy. I know he's usually at the free safety spot, but kind of come down a little bit, give you a little bit more of a spy, and also hopefully get a get an interception. Um, actually, you know, I, I haven't even mentioned his name as I just see him. As I just see him, so I, I, I'm gonna pull a Jeremy and give you another person, Reggie Pearson, um, and mostly because I just I literally just saw the name as we're looking. I'm like, if there's any or a safety that's gonna spy, that's gonna be a great spy. It's Reggie Pearson. He's done a great job right now, coming off the edge a little bit and blitzing, and we've seen him in the run game a little bit more than, than we've seen him in years past. He's done a fantastic job. He himself has a couple turnovers this year, and um, that is a guy that's gonna give you the speed and athleticism to do so. You know, I think you'd still probably actually, as I'm saying this out loud, you'd want Rabbit still in that free position, kind of being the ball hawk there at the end but 
Reggie Pearson's the guy that I think can really make magic happen here. So I'm not going to pull a gem. I'm actually just going to switch my pick altogether and say Reggie Pearson is my is my one player. Now, so I'm staying true to form. Um, so before we get to predictions, once again, make sure you go to prize picks. Hopefully they do have these over-unders for you to be able to make your bet and use tor- promo code TORTILLAS12 to any, up to 100 bucks. Anything that you put in will be $100 match from prize picks, all because you're a fan of tortillas and takes, and you put in our promo code TORTILLAS12. So, Jeremy, this game in Stillwater, right, at – 2.30 in the afternoon. We got the midday game on at Fox Sports 1. Right now, the spread is a 9.5 in favor of the Cowboys. Does Tech win? Does Tech cover? Uh, Tech does not win, but Tech does cover. I do like... Well, I said this last week, and then we bungled it. But I do like, I do like this. I do like the uh, perseverance of our team, and I like the uh, play calling ability, the adjustments in play calling. I think that that's that's really kind of brought you back into games, you know, later throughout the the second half, uh, more so than it has in previous years, obviously. So I I, I definitely like Tech. To, I don't like Tech to lose this game, but I do think that Oklahoma State's just a better team um, with more experience all around, everywhere that you go. Um, and so I think that they get the win here. But I do think that Tech late makes a little bit of a surge to keep it within within nine, within that nine range. So you know, maybe a late game field goal, and then it's give me a, a score. Seven. Ah, so let's say twenty four. Um, what is that? Twenty-four thirty-three. Oh wait, no. So sorry, I was I was doing the math in my head and then it's, working it back. That's why I did history, not math. Um, so twenty-four. Future, future professor people. <laughs> Thirty. Yeah, of history, not math. I, don't come to me for math help. I cannot help it. But I'll pull out my iPhone. Um, Thirty. Thirty-one. Right. Yeah. Twenty-four. Thirty-one. Wow. How do you get to thirty-one? <laughs> Twenty-four. Yeah, that's oh Lord of mercy. Do We're done. 34 21 in this game. <laughs> yeah, 24-31 by Jeremy Gillen. Um so I will say this. I also don't think Tech wins this game, nor do I think we cover. I, I think Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big Twelve. Um we get bliggity they're very bl- good. blown they're out. Very good. Yeah, no, hope, they're they're I hope very we good win. Team. I hope I'm, we I'm win now. <laughs> I hope we do too. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. I, I will say this. I, I hope this is one of those scenarios. Last time I said that I thought Tech was going to get whooped was last year. Um, I said Tech was going to get blown out in Austin when the women's basketball team played there and Tech won the game. All right. So I'm very, and that was the last time I said that Tech would get just whooped by a team. So I'm it's actually, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that happens again in this scenario. But that was another road game. Shout out to the, the women's basketball team there. Um, so, but I, yeah, I think this is not going to be, I am just hope. hey, I'm just hoping we just make this respectable. I'm hoping <laughs> we go out I, there and have fun. That's all I ask in this and Nobody gets hurt. Right. And have fun. Everybody have fun. Let's, no injuries. Yay. Uh, are you ready for this one, Jeremy? Oh, yeah. 38-17. I can see it. 38-17. I can see That's it. That's a three-score three score loss. Uh, I Listen, I just think this team is very good. Um, I think it's going to be tough for the offense to get something going in this one. This is in still water. Very easy for it to unravel. 
uh, us going for it on our own 33 could happen, right? And I just – this is just a game that it, it could very easily get. I, I think the defense will be there. They'll, they'll work hard. They'll play hard. Um I even, I even might kind of want to say 31-17 just to say the defense is going to, you know, hold him a little bit. But I just think Spencer Sanders is, is – right? He's different. He's different. He takes this Oklahoma State team and turns them up a notch um, and makes them a different team than what we've seen in years past. Because even last year, as legendary as the defense was, it was, well, they still got Spencer Sanders. And you can't say that about this team anymore. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to 38-17. That's – it's probably it's one of the biggest margins of L I've I've said in a while actually since Wells has been gone I think that's the biggest margin of L I've said. Wow. And um, so and so, so thinking of that with the limited time we have left, um, you have West Virginia next. And here's the thing: you only score 17. And remember, this was a qualm with fans last year that you didn't score at all against Oklahoma State. Okay, despite the head of freaking historic defense and come on. Come on, guys. Be realistic. But okay, you only get 17 points here. Next week you have West Virginia. Tyler Shuck is supposed to be back. That that creates that creates yeah, I mean, the controversy. I'll be honest. Well, I know not only that, I you know, I know we are definitely Team Donovan Smith, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but I actually do think if the offense struggles quite a bit, we get into a fourth quarter, we do see Baron Morton. Right, because this would be the perfect time to do so, especially if the game's getting out of hand, um, going into a bye week of, of kind of doing what fans love to say, which I think is a little bit ridiculous at times. But let's see what the kid got, because at that point, especially if you're down two or three scores in the fourth, why not? Well, and also something fans need to why realize not? is so, that you get to see Baron Morton in the fourth. It isn't just so that we can see Baron Morton; it is also to keep Donovan Smith from getting hurt. Right, so there's it's kind of a double-edged sword. Um, fans are like show us Morton, like you're just. I mean, yes. But also remember, like, also understand that, you know, if they take more, they take Smith out and he's not doing like horror, like he's doing what he can. Right. Uh, it's also to preserve him so that he can, you know, be ready for next week, too. So you, you get a little, you take a little. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this bye week will be interesting regardless <laughs> of just seeing because if Donovan plays well, right, there's still that. OK, well, what do you do with Shuck back? Um, if he doesn't, then it's a question of, OK, well. You know, what happens if Donovan plays bad, poorly, Morton comes in and he plays decently, you know, it's very, sometimes in the middle of the season, you have a mini QB competition, which I expect is going to happen within the next two weeks, depending on what happens in this game. Um, And so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But we're looking too far ahead. We still have a game this Saturday in Stillwater. Both Jeremy and I are predicting losses. Um, But if you are a fan of this podcast, you know that times where we both predict losses, like last year at West Virginia, are the times when Texas Tech pulls it through. So here's hoping for another time where everybody talks about how wrong we are. So, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? We are still on pace for a great season as we have predicted it in the offseason. So I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> this is such a tough schedule, man. I've, I thought we'd be 2-4 and four going into the bye week. So regardless of what happens in this game, we'll be better than what I predicted. So, um, so there's that. So there's that as well. Uh, so four, that is a preview. Like I said, Texas Tech plays Oklahoma State in Stillwater, 2.30 this weekend. So get your popcorn ready, folks. It should be a good one. Uh, for the people's champ, that is Jeremy Gillen. This is Albie Show, and you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast for Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.